Today on Blue 58, we get to do something we actually haven't done at all in the year 2019. Preview a real, honest-to-goodness football game. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to Blue 58, the one and only podcast to thepowersweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink. Very happy, very charged up to be with you here on this particular episode because we've gotten to do something today that we have not done since week 17 of the 2018 season. Namely, preview a football game. Sit down, talk about what's going to happen in an upcoming football game and what we think about it, what we feel about it. And we're going to do it a little bit differently in 2019 than we did in 2018. Last year, we did a preview post and a podcast that were basically the same. I talked through what I had written down. It was very scripted. And quite honestly, our numbers showed that people were not super interested in that approach. So I want to do things a little bit different this year. We're writing a post, Gary and I together, that compiles a lot of data uh, about the two teams that are going to, going to be playing in a week uh week in a given week and uh, then we're just going to talk through it a little bit it's going to be a little bit more unscripted a little bit looser and i'm trying to go or trying to give you an idea uh some of the stuff we look for behind the scenes that we think correlates to the packers chances of victory there's going to be a post kind of a glossary post going up in the next couple days about what some of the numbers we talk about mean in particular, why they should matter to you. But for this particular podcast, I'll talk through a couple of them as well, just giving you an idea of some of the things we're going to be talking about. We're going to break down these team-level things into two different parts, three different parts, actually. First, team versus team. How do the Packers stack up against, this week, the Bears? Then, how do the quarterbacks who are starting this week's game compare to one another? Finally, we'll take a look at uh, what player in particular you should be watching on the opposing sideline that isn't the starting quarterback. I think a lot of times games boil down into quarterback versus quarterback, which isn't necessarily how things work on an actual football field. So we want to give a preview that looks kind of beyond that sort of uh, quarterback-specific preview. We'll look at some of the stats that correlate specifically to quarterback performance. We'll get to that in a second. But we want to uh, to make sure we're, we're going beyond the headlines there, too. So when we're looking at team versus team, we're going to look at seven different numbers. Points per game, total offense, total defense, offensive DVOA, defensive DVOA, and point differential. Here's why I've chosen those seven numbers. And this list could change as we go through the season. Points per game is easy. Uh, football is about scoring points. We want to see how many points people are scoring on a week-by-week basis. It's not a perfect number. There is a lot of different factors that can go into it, but I think it's a good place to start. I also want to look at total offense and total defense because even if those are flawed numbers, those are the numbers that everybody in the traditional media uses to talk about these teams. So we should at least have an idea where that discussion is going. DVOA is a number that I've talked about a lot. It's compiled by football outsiders. Those four letters stand for defense adjusted value over average. Basically, you want to see how a given team is doing against uh, a team's irrespective, how teams are doing irrespective of the opponents that they're playing. Compared to a league average, what is their offensive or defensive unit doing? Then point differential, you want to see the final result of how your offense is doing versus how your defense is doing. If you're outscoring people by a lot, you should have a good point differential. If you're squeaking out a lot lot of close games, your point differential should be close to zero. Make sense? Good. 
how do the Packers and Bears stack up in those numbers? Well, last season, because that's all the numbers that we have to go on, the Bears actually scored more points per game than the Packers did, and their total offense did lag slightly behind the Packers. But when you go beyond the raw numbers, you see the real story of these two teams. The Bears had a slightly below average offense in 2018, but their defense was elite. The Packers, meanwhile, were slightly above average on offense, but their defense was very forgiving for opposing teams. And that's reflected in their point differential as well. The Bears had, or the Packers had a negative point differential last year. They got outscored more often than they outscored other teams. The Bears, meanwhile, were a whopping plus 138 in their point differential. A very, very good number. And it shows why the Bears were a playoff team last year. Moving on to quarterbacks, here's the numbers we're going to take a look at there. We're going to look at the typical strategic raw numbers, uh, quarterback passing attempts, completions, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, that sort of thing. Then we'll look at passer rating, even though it's a flawed stat. uh, It's still one that everybody uses, and you should probably keep an eye on it just because it's so ubiquitous. We'll use ESPN's QBR, though I don't necessarily love that one either. Then we'll dive into a couple advanced numbers compiled by a couple other outlets. We'll use DVOA and DYAR from Football Outsiders, and then adjusted net yards per attempt combined or compiled by Pro Football Reference. And you'll be able to find all of these numbers in our previews week by week, but we'll just talk about a couple of them here. First, I just want to point out, and I point this out in the preview piece as well, which you can read at thepowersweep.com, that it's kind of become fashionable over the last couple of years to stack your and Rodgers stats up against any quarterback out there and use it as evidence that he's in decline. And if you look at Aaron Rodgers' numbers against Mitchell Trubisky's numbers, that trend could emerge once again. If you forget the fact that uh, Aaron Rodgers played almost all of last season on a busted up knee. Their touchdowns were pretty similar, their passer rating was pretty similar, and Mitchell Trubisky was actually way ahead of Aaron Rodgers in ESPN's QBR figure, and their adjusted net yards per attempt were largely the same as well. But when you look at these two numbers that Football Outsiders really puts a lot of stock into, DVOA and DYAR, the picture starts to change a little bit. Let's dive deeper into these two numbers in particular. As described by Football Outsiders, DVOA applied to an individual player basically shows a player's value on a play-by-play basis. On average, on a typical play, how value are they? How valuable are they going to be compared to just an average player? And in that number, Aaron Rodgers was more than three times as good as Mitchell Trubisky last year. He still had a lower number than he's had for most of his career to this date. But it was better than Trubisky's, significantly better. The same goes for defense-adjusted yards above replacement. Aaron Rodgers was almost exactly twice as productive in that metric as Mitchell Trubisky. Again, still not as good as he's been over the course of his career to date, but better than Trubisky by a fairly wide margin. Now, where Trubisky adds value for the Bears is on the ground. He's a very good runner. And that's one of the big reasons that he had such a great QBR last year. He was great on the ground for the Bears. And if he can do that again in 2019, he'll probably continue to be a relatively effective quarterback for the Bears. That's the sort of thing that you can build around. And I think NFL teams are more receptive than ever to sort of non-traditional quarterbacks. Look at Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Look at Cam Newton in Carolina. Those guys are not necessarily the standard dropback passers that you'd expect, but you can win with those guys. And both of those teams have in the past. 
and Lamar Jackson against the Packers defense looked awfully good this preseason. In fact, a bunch of running quarterbacks looked pretty good against the Packers defense this preseason. Not that the preseason means a whole lot, but if the Packers can't tackle well, that's the sort of thing that could be a problem. Tackling well would be also a problem if the Packers can't, or if the Packers face a significant amount of Tariq Cohen uh, in this game. And there's every reason to expect that they will. Cohen is one of the most exciting offensive players in the league, and the Bears like to get him involved in all sorts of different ways, but specifically in the passing game, where he is one of the most elite running backs in all of football, according to football outsiders. I would expect a lot of passes, particularly of the screen variety, going to Cohen in this game. What happened the last time the Packers and Bears played? Well, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because it wasn't super fun. The Packers and Bears last played in week 15 of last year. And it was one of those games where you could see the Bears just letting the Packers hang hang around probably more than they should. The Bears knew by this point that they were off to bigger and better things than facing off with the Packers. The Packers, everyone knew, were on their way out, just waiting for someone to put them out of their misery as their season, long and disappointing as it was, ground to a halt. This game was actually tied at 14 going into the fourth quarter, but the Bears scored 10 in the fourth um, and put the game away. It was closer than it looked thanks to a late field goal by the Packers, but this one was pretty much academic start to finish. It felt like the Bears were going to win this one. They did just enough, and that's pretty much what you expect from a team headed to the playoffs facing off against a team that's going nowhere quickly in the end of the season. The Bears did what they had to do in an ugly, ugly game in Chicago last year. This year could be different. As we talk about who's going to actually win this game, I'm expecting a much more exciting game on Thursday than we saw the last time the Packers and Bears met. And I'd like to to read directly from the piece I wrote at thepowersweep.com for this section. Quoting now, It's hard not to think of parallels between the 2018 matchup between the Bears and Packers in Week 1 and this one. The Bears spent the 2018 offseason completely overhauling their roster, culminating with their enormous trade for Khalil Mack days before the season began. But those pieces took some time to gel, and despite a gimpy Aaron Rodgers and a generally outmanned team, the Packers came out on top. This year, I think those roles are reversed in Week 1. The Packers overhauled their team this offseason, but it's going to take a little time for some of those changes to be fully realized on this team. I think an improved Packers squad plays well this week, but it won't be enough to topple a strong Bears defense in Chicago. I'm picking the Bears to win 27-20. to End quote. I don't think that should be a super controversial position. The Bears are the NFC North's reigning champions. They were the champions for a reason last year. They had an elite defense. And even if it may not be as good this year, it's still probably going to be pretty good because they have a lot of good players on that side of the ball. Chuck Pagano is no Vic Fangio, but he's no slouch either. He's stuck around a long time in the NFL based on his strong defenses. He's gotten it done at more than a few stops. That shouldn't be discounted. On top of that, as I've referred to several times over the past few weeks, there's a good chance that the Bears are just further along as a team than the Packers are. The Packers did a lot of rebuilding this offseason. They did a lot of rebuilding last season. And chances are they're not just quite as far along as the Bears are. The Bears are in year two of the Matt Nagy era. They know what they're doing on offense. They know what they want. They know what they can get out of Mitchell Trubisky. And they know what they have to do to get it. That's not nothing. That doesn't that that shouldn't be discounted. 
and I don't want to be to make it seem like I think the sky is falling because Aaron Rodgers didn't play in the preseason. But I don't think it's a controversial opinion to say that this thing is going to take some time to figure out. We're not going to see the full Packers offense experience until probably close to the middle of the season. That's just the way the thing, these things tend to work out. It could be a month, a month and a half, even two months before we really see the full Packers offense. Hopefully they can uh, ride things out early in the season before they get to that point, that they don't end up behind the eight ball heading down the stretch of the season. But good teams are the ones that peak late. I wouldn't put too much stock into this week one matchup, win or lose for the Packers. Let's talk about your feelings about this game. We do a weekly poll for uh, all of our Twitter followers on a weekly basis. You should check that out. Usually it, it comes out the Wednesday before a game. This week we had to do it on Monday just because of when the game fell so we could get all the numbers in uh, for this week's this week's preview. of the voters who responded in our poll believe that the Packers will defeat the Bears in in week one. So I'm going against the curve uh, with my prediction. I feel pretty comfortable with that. I think the Bears are are a better team than the Packers right now. What matters, though, is who's the better team uh, towards the end of this season. Speaking of the end of the season, 80% of voters in our poll believe that the Packers are going to make the playoffs this year. A very optimistic bunch you are. I don't want to bore you with all the numbers here, but I will point to one other one. And I think this is an interesting one because I think it it reflects a sort of overall attitude of Packers fans in general and the overall sort of media perspective on this particular guy. Matt LaFleur is easily the least defined opinion among the Packers figures who we poll on a weekly basis. We do weekly approval ratings for the team as a whole, Aaron Rodgers, Brian Gutekunst, Mike Pettin and Matt LaFleur. And people have pretty well-defined opinions on everybody except for Matt Matt LaFleur. 51% of voters in our poll said they had a completely neutral opinion on the new head coach. That's interesting to me because I think it's, it's a fair opinion. And our Twitter followers are proving to be pretty fair individuals. They're not worried about making an opinion uh, on Matt LaFleur before things are m- more defined. They're they're waiting to let things play out and then decide how they feel about him. 48%, however, do approve of the job that he's done so far, which can't be discounted either. Uh, that's only a little bit higher than where uh, Mike McCarthy was before he was fired last year, but I think people had pretty well-defined opinions on Mike McCarthy by the end of the 2018 season. I'm excited for this. This is an exciting time to be a Packers fan. There's exciting stuff happening with this team. And we're actually going to get to see the full Packers offense take the field. I think despite the longish looking injury report, this is an exciting team because the Packers are largely healthy. They've got just about everybody they want ready to go heading into week one. And even if the Bears are quite possibly the better team right now, the Packers are going to be able to give them their best possible shot at Soldier Field on Thursday. I hope you enjoy watching the game. I know I will. I'm looking forward to talking about it with you and every game uh, as we go throughout the season. That's all I've got for you on this particular episode. I hope you will check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on thepowersweep.com. Throughout the next couple days, we've got some good content coming over the next couple days as well. If you like what you heard here and want to support us, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash thepowersweep, or buy one of our t-shirts from Teespring by clicking the shop link at thepowersweep.com. 
As always, though, the freest and easiest way to support the show is by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. It does help more people find the show. If you've got a question, you've got a comment, you've got something you want to say, don't hesitate to reach out however you choose to do so. Because every thought, every question, every bit of feedback you give us helps us make this entire operation better, which in turn helps us all become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I've been your host, John Meerdink. We will see you next time on Blue 58 after hopefully a Packers win. We'll see.